Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A lot to praise the Lord for this morning. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My message today is what can I do about yesterday? You've asked that question yourself. You've questioned whether you should have done differently about many things in the past. Should you have changed jobs when you made that change and moved? Should you have done some things differently about the way you disciplined or failed to discipline your children? Should you have treated someone better when you had the opportunity to do it? Should you have been fair to that person that you treated unfairly? Should you have forgiven that person who came against you in in attacking you? You've questioned a lot of things about yesterday, as I have. I've been, for a while now, tempted to dwell on some things about yesterday. Last week I made a trip to North Carolina and I went into the church where I gave my heart to the Lord many years ago. I've said here that I knew that I would locate the place, although it's been probably 30 years since I've been inside that building. The building was still standing. In fact, it was the original Pentecostal Holiness Church of all of that denomination, which is quite large now and worldwide. That church was built in 1900. Now, I wasn't there when it was built. But it's still standing today, and I have a picture standing by the cornerstone of that church. I walked inside, and it was just like yesterday. And I walked to the place where I sat on the pew the Sunday night that I listened to a message that caused me to come to the Lord. And I got up from the pew where I sat and I walked right the same path that I walked before when I had gone to the prayer room because there wasn't enough room at the altar, small altar. I went in the prayer room and found the very location. I'm, I'm going to I'll spend some time talking to you more about that and showing you the pictures of it when I talk about the month of miracles and start off with that testimony in the, in the month of August. I believe the Lord's laid on my heart that August is going to be a month of miracles, and you'll be hearing a lot about that in time to come. So we are talking about yesterday today, but we're not living in yesterday, and we're not dwelling on yesterday because yesterday is gone And the answer to my question, what can I do about yesterday, is almost nothing. What you can do is repent of any sins that are still in your life that you've not repented of that happened yesterday. I don't mean Saturday, June the 27th, 2015. I mean any time in the past. When I talk about yesterday... I'm talking about the past. What we need to do is not dwell on the past because I believe that there are more people who are tormented by their past than there are who are fearful about the future. 
There are a lot of people fearful about many things in the future. There are even more people who are tormented about things in the past. Here's what you can do about sins that have not been covered by the blood. Repent and confess and leave them at the altar of God. There are some things you cannot go back and change. But you can live your life today in a way that declares you're victorious over those things. You can live the positive life that shows that you wish you had not done those things, but not dwell on them because the Lord has taken everything that you've turned over to Him, and He has made it yesterday. He has made it yesterday. He has said, this is past. This is over. This is done. It is yesterday. And nobody, nobody, not one single one of us, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we apply, not one single one of us will ever be able to go back and live one day in the past over again. Today is June the 28th, 2015. You will never be able to go back and live June the 28th, 2014 over again. It's impossible. You can't do it. So you should not let anything like that torment you, hold you back from full-fledged consecration and service to God, turn it over to the Lord and leave it in His hands. Let Him take care of it. Free your life and free your mind and free your spirit from those things in the past that drag you down and be liberated to walk in the victory and the service of the Lord Jesus every day of your life today. You need to put a yes in your yesterdays. Put a yes in your yesterdays and say, yes, Lord, that is in your hands. And I am living today. I'm going to live in victory. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to declare the praise and the glory of God. And I will have what you have given to me for today and for all of my life to come. Hallelujah. The worst thing you can do is to let your yesterday rule your today. Yesterday has to be released. It has to be turned loose. And I know some of you are thinking, well, it isn't just the things that I did that I wish I hadn't done. It isn't the things I've repented of sin. It isn't just those negative things. Pastor, I wish I could be back in the glory that I had one time before. I wish I could be back in the victory that I used to have. I wish I could be walking with the Lord like I used to walk. Well, friend, you can. That's entirely up to you. Nobody can keep you from walking close to God, and nobody can make you walk close to Him. That's for you to decide, for you to do, for you to act on, and if you decide to do it, you can do it, and you will do it. You don't have to look back and say, oh, I remember when the Lord was so good. He's still good. Oh, I remember when the Lord answered prayer. He still answers prayer. Oh, I remember God showed me his power. He's still got the same power. He can show it to you again. Anything God has ever done, he can do again. I didn't say everything he's ever done, he will do again. There's some things he's done, he won't ever do again. But anything God's ever done, any power he's ever visited into your life, any anointing he's ever put on you, any glory he's ever shed into your walk with him, if it has waned and it has 
dissipated and it needs to be restored, God can give you that same victory, that same power, that same anointing, and even greater, because God can do anything today that he's ever done in the past. He's still a victor. He's still the overcomer. He's still the one who gives us that power to walk with him and to live a liberated life in the Spirit, walking in the power and the anointing of the Lord. So I want you to say, I want you to say in your heart today, I'm going to put all of my yesterdays in God's hands, but I'm also going to put all my tomorrows in his hands. And, 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 and if you believe, if you believe, if you really believe what God's Word says about your life and understand what he means when he makes a declaration to you, that he has plans for your good, for your blessing, and for your benefit, you will have a, a level of victory with that spiritual understanding. You'll have a level of victory that you've never had before. The greater your understanding of God's plan to bring good things into your life, the greater your victory will be. The more strength you'll have to overcome trials and face the difficulties when you realize that God is still good. God has always been good, and God is good now. God is good today. God is, will be good tomorrow. God is a good God, and God loves us, and He has good plans for us. He has victory plans for us. He has overcoming plans for us. And that includes plans for our family. That includes plans for our children. That includes plans for all of those that our lives touch. God has a good plan, a great plan, a powerful plan. And just as the yesterdays are put in God's hands, you put tomorrow in God's hands and you will find God's victory and God's favor showered on your life. You know... There's a, there's, a, there's a question that many people ask about when, when you say God's got a plan for our lives. And I, people think when I'm saying that, they think I'm preaching Calvinism, that I'm preaching God's laid things out. And he said, it can't be any other way. This is the way it's going to be. No, I'm not up here to sing que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Uh, I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for you, however. And if you'll walk in God's plan and develop God's plan, you can thwart God's plan. You can walk away from God's plan, but God has a plan for you. And if you live in that plan, you'll live in the victory and the power of the Lord. And that will be a rejoicing, powerful life. The conundrum is this. When you talk about God having a good plan for your life, it, 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 the conundrum, the riddle, the enigma, the, uh, the puzzle, the brain teaser, the conundrum is this. If God has planned my life, why did it take so long for me to come to Him? What about all my years that I wasted before I came to Him? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I have been asked that again and again and again, not by the same person, but by different people over and over and over. If God chose me and if God has a plan for my life, then why? What about all those years that I wasted? Where was the plan of God then? Let me give you the answer. Let me share with you the truth that will give you the answer to that question. 
receive this that I'm going to tell you today. This is the answer. And it's shown to us as a great, great testimony from the Scriptures. Psalm 139. Sometimes I don't read the Scripture like you just read a verse and start talking about it. But now I'm to my Scripture. Psalm 139. Verses 14 and 16. This is what it says. You, Lord, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You watched me. As I was being formed in utter seclusion in the inner parts of my mother's body, you watched me as I was being formed, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. Before a single day had passed, that's Psalm 139, verses 14 and 16. In a modern translation, that's exactly what that scripture is saying. The psalmist declares, God knew us from before our birth. While we were still being formed in the mother's womb, he was looking at us and making good plans for us. So why then can it happen that I didn't come to the Lord until I'd wasted many years? How can it be that I lived in sin? If God had a good plan for me, what happened along the way? What about all those addictions I had to face? What about all those problems? What about all those things that I did wrong that almost destroyed my life, almost brought me to the point of death, uh, to destruction? What about all those things? I'm going to give you the answer. The only way I know to answer a question like that is from the Bible. If I tell you what I think about it, it doesn't make much difference. But if I tell you what happens in the Bible, then that's something you ought to accept. And I'm going to tell you that right now. The Apostle Paul is the greatest personal example of the answer to that question of anyone that I know. This is the man that God used to bring the revelation of the New Testament gospel of grace to the world, used as mightily as any other one single man in history. And of course, I'm not considering comparing him to the Lord Jesus. I'm saying as any other purely human man, he had a greater effect on on what we're teaching today, what the Word of God says than any other person I know. And yet this is a man who started out hating Jesus Christ. He hated him. He wanted to destroy every follower of his. He would have destroyed Jesus except he believed Jesus had already died and and was left in the tomb. So he went about trying to destroy all of those who believed in Jesus. He persecuted them. He stood by while they were executed. He participated in their death. He imprisoned them. At the very time that Jesus Christ encountered him on the road to Damascus, He was on the way with documents in his hand authorizing him to imprison every follower of the way, they called it, every follower of Jesus that he could find. And that's what he intended to do when he got to Damascus until God intercepted him on the way. Now, he changed his life. He transformed him. He turned him from a failure 
as far as the Lord Jesus was concerned, to a champion of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then, what about all those things he had already done? How do you account for that? That's the same question you ask yourself about your life. And here's what Paul said about it. (laughs) Galatians chapter 1. You got to listen to this now. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul is talking about how God called him to bring the revelation of the gospel and the message of grace to the Gentiles. Now, God miraculously moved in his life. And this is what he says Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Then it pleased the Lord. Well, let me read fifth. I'm sorry, I was 16. Verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. This is the man who was doing all those things that I just said. And yet he says, when he finally met Jesus, he said, before I was born, while I was doing all those horrible things, God had called me from my mother's womb. Even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. And so whatever happens in our lives before we encounter the grace of God and experience salvation and our lives are transformed and conformed to the Lord Jesus himself, whatever happens up to that time, God allows for his own purpose and for his own reasons. But that is not something for us to let drag our lives down. We would stand with the Apostle Paul and declare what he says, that before I was even born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. If Paul can say that, I can say that. If Paul can say that, you can say that. There is nothing that would say God hasn't called us and chosen us and planned our lives for his glory. I don't mean to say by that that he has put us a, 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 a plan before us that we have no choice but to follow. That's not what he's declaring. He's saying he has planned good things for us. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And his blood cleanses us. Listen now, his blood cleanses us from all sin. From all sin. This is the important thing. First John Listen carefully now. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, he is the light. The light that Jesus gives us. We walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, that means you walk in all the light that you have. You walk in the revelation of Jesus the Holy Spirit has given to you. You walk in the light of the understanding the Holy Spirit has given you. There may be some things you don't have quite right even yet. I'm sure I'm going to get some corrections when I stand before the Lord and said, why did you teach it that way? Because I thought that was the right way, Lord. (laughs) But here's the glorious thing about it. If we walk in all the light that we have, do all that we know to do in the revelation of God's Word, live in fellowship with Him, doing the right things for His glory that benefit us, if we get this now, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Sin that you don't, maybe there are things that you don't realize are sin right now. 
and yet you're doing everything that you know is the right thing to do. I believe this scripture tells us that those things that we may not know, if we're walking all the light that we have, the light of the Lord, that those things that we may not even understand right now are things that we should not live with and in our lives, that we should be apart from them. We don't know it yet, but what we do know is everything that he's revealed to us, all the light he's given to us, and if we walk in all the light that he's given to us, walk in all the light that's been shed on us by the Holy Spirit and by his word, that which we know up to now, walk in that light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin, from all sin. That's the victory of the Lord. That's where you stand. Well, what about all those things in the past? God's plan covers all of that. And you don't have to answer for those things that you did not know, did not understand, did not recognize until the Holy Spirit comes to you and brings to you the knowledge of Jesus Christ and your life is changed. And then you walk a new path, you walk a new way. And that takes care of everything every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour, every minute, every second Until you have come to the place of the fullness of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of that, everything in the past is taken care of and covered by his blood. Hallelujah. What can I do about yesterday? I can believe God's word and stand on his truth. He has selected, chosen, designated me, you, for the path that he wants us to walk in victory with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then Paul went on to say in Galatians, then after after I recognized, he said, that even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then, he said, it pleased him. In spite of all that Paul had done to oppose Jesus Christ, Paul said, then it pleased him, it pleased the Lord to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus. He chose a time to reveal himself to the Saul of Tarsus and transform him into the Apostle Paul, a great champion for Christ. And my friends, that's what he has done in your life. You let those things that are past be in the past and let them be handled in the hands of God. You live in the victory of the Lord and the victory of the Lord is yours. You walk in the power of God and the power of God is yours. You claim the anointing of the Lord and the anointing is yours. You can live in the victory and the power of God. That's what you do about yesterday. You turn it loose and let it go and you live in the victory of the Lord today and ongoing and God leads you into something else, some development of understanding in your life. You step into that. And you change as you, de- as you move with God and as you grow with God and as you develop with the Lord. You change in that development. You grow in that development. The scripture speaks about again and again about our growing in the Lord. And if we do grow in the Lord, we, that means we're growing closer and closer and closer to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How precious are your thoughts about me. Oh, God. (laughs) Think about this. Dwell on this. How precious are God's thoughts about you. I'm reading from Psalm 139 now. 
This is the word of God. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. So many are they. They're so great. I can't even count them, he says. They outnumber the grains of sand. (laughs) God's wonderful, precious thoughts toward you are more than the grains of sand on the beaches of the world. That's how much God cares about you. And then he says, and when I wake up, every morning when I wake up, I look out and I, if it's not quite light, I know it's soon going to be. I wake up. And every morning that I wake up, I realize I'm in the presence of God the Father. And this is what the psalmist said. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You've been with me through the night, through the evening, through the time of rest. I can go to sleep without fear because I know that I'm in the hands of God. And God has multitudes, innumerable good thoughts towards me. All he wants for me is my good because he is a good God and he loves me. That's what you can say every day. One more time, I'll read that scripture. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Hallelujah. Is it any wonder that we love him? Is it any wonder that we serve him? That's our good God. Stand with me, please. Stand up with me right now.